Some things shouldn't be transparent, like stop signs. But what you pay for should always be clear, like Hiller's true transparency pricing, always clearly itemized and never any hidden fees. Because you have the right to know what you're paying for. For more information, visit happyhiller.com slash true transparency pricing. Happy you'll be of the services free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. Live from Martin's Barbecue downtown. Touchdown Titans! This is Monday Night Titans. Presented by Geico. Part of the Big Six on 104.5 The Zone. With your host, Jason Martin. Senior writer and editor of TitansOnline.com, Jim Wyatt. And former Titans Pro Bowler, Mark Mariani. From the official station of the Titans, 104.5 The Zone. Well, folks, no game to react to this week, at least not one we haven't previously reacted to. There's no game for another seven days, yet we're still here live at Martin's Barbecue on 4th and Broadway. We have a big-time show for you, a big informative show for you, Titans fans. Maybe a little bit different, but one that every one of you might want to weigh in on. The Tennessee Titans currently 3-4. and four. They lost their first game down in Miami in about a 47-hour game. Then they won three in a row. Then they lost three in a row. And the bye week comes following the trip to London last week and the one-point loss to the Chargers. Couldn't have come at a better time for this football team. They flailed in Buffalo. There's no other way to put it. They failed against the Baltimore Ravens. And then they began to show some signs of life again against a pretty good Chargers team. Next up for the Tennessee Titans is a trip to Jerry World to square off with the Dallas Cowboys on Monday Night Football. That's another three and four team. It's another team that's trying to keep pace in a weirdly mediocre division. There are a lot of similarities between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tennessee Titans. We're going to talk a lot about that matchup a little bit later on. But guys, here's what I want to do tonight. And by guys, I mean Mark Mariani, former Titans pro bowler, and Jim Wyatt of TitansOnline.com, the senior editor and writer there. There are report cards and there are final grades coming out for kids in about a month or so. But I remember when I was growing up. Now, I'm sure it's still the case, but I might as well age myself by pulling out the back-in-my-day card. There were these obnoxious things called progress reports. Tonight, position by position, category by category, I want to give midseason because that's basically where we are, letter grades for this football team and see where they're good and where they need to get better. I have a ton of stats and a ton of numbers And then I'm going to get your thoughts based on them because, of course, you can interpret numbers in any number of different ways. And as we do this, folks, we'll still take your phone calls throughout the night. How do you feel right now, today, about this Tennessee Titans team, about their chances to make the playoffs, about their chances in the division, in the AFC South, in terms of what changes maybe you'd like to see, your thoughts on Vrabel, on the floor, on Dean Pease, your questions for us. Everything is in bounds here tonight. 615-737-1045. That's 737-1045 to join us. This is Monday Night Titans presented by Geico, part of the Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone. Mark Mariani, Jim Wyatt with me. I'm Jason Martin. Jim first, Mike Vrabel's press conference today. One free agent, one free agent uh, acquisition. A guy moved into the team, Jalston Fowler, coming back after a couple of years. I don't know that he's the missing piece. I don't know that he's the one everybody was looking for, but what did Mike Vrabel have to say today? 
Well, I'll, I'll kind of do a Cliff Notes version on what he said because I'd kind of do a hot topics out of each press conference. Jalston Fowler was one of the things that was addressed. Said he was brought in here to help the running game. Is he going to fix it? Obviously not. I mean, he's, he's going to have a small package of plays that he's going to be involved in. Certainly he can help on those plays, but if this running game is going to get fixed, and he talked about this as well, I mean, it's going to be a combination of the, of the line blocking better, being in favorable down to distances. The running backs are going to have to perform better. Jalston Fowler will just be a piece of it. Other things on the table, he was asked about at least, I thought the biggest topics, the trading deadline is to, will the team make a trade tomorrow? Obviously that's a topic of conversation with a lot of fans. He deferred to John Robinson on this, said if something happens, he'll get the guy ready to play. Uh, it, it, was, it kind of gave him Marcus Mariota review and kind of mentioned the highlights, what he's done well, and his fourth quarter performance has been good. What they've got to do is put the team in a position where he's making plays like that throughout. Um, the health of the team. Josh Klein didn't practice today. He didn't elaborate much more from an injury perspective, but you would like to think guys like Kenny Vaccaro, uh, Quentin Spain, Derek Morgan, Will Compton, some of these guys that missed the past game will be back and ready to go. And then kind of prepping for the Cowboys bye week review, what the team did during the bye week, that was also discussed. It was a week when they kind of did some self-scouting, figured out things that the team needs to do better and better do better if, they're, if, the, uh, if the results are going to change moving forward. Mark, what did you do during bye weeks? Like, give us a, like, I, I don't know. I mean, I know what I do as a media member during a bye week, and I know, you know, some people take it off and things like that, but as a player, gotcha. how did you usually handle those scenarios? I think you take a little time off. Some guys travel, some guys stay home, but more than anything, you, you get some rest, to get, get a couple days away from the game, clear your mind mentally. Uh, I was about to make the point that I think that it came at a good time for the Tennessee Titans, uh, losing three in a row and obviously getting, getting uh, a couple bad losses you know, to the Bills and the Ravens and then going and, and losing to the Chargers. I think it came at a good time, and I think the guys needed it. You get healthy. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're on the injury report or not. When you play any game in the NFL, but seven games in a row coming off a of training camp, your body's beat up. You, know, you're, you have bumps and bruises, and you spend a little, more, you know, a little extra time in the, in the, uh, in the ice tub uh, massages and get your body right. So little mental break, a little physical break. Uh, but I think this team needed it. It came out a great time. Um, and I'm, I'm curious to see how we, we respond through the break and uh, take the field next Monday night. Yeah, it's a huge game. It is a, it's a major game, and we're going to break it down before the end of the show. We're with you for the uh, hour here on 104.5 The Zone. Glad to have you with us. So, again, we're going to kind of progress report this thing and look at various states of this football team and I think you have to start with the quarterback spot because the quarterback is the most important position not just in football but probably in all of professional sports Marcus Mariota this season is 99 for 150 1030 yards three touchdowns five interceptions he's taken 19 sacks 11 of those came against the Baltimore Ravens he has a 78.5 passer rating 172 yards per game that's not great 66 percent completion percentage now, 31st in yards, Josh Rosen and Jameis Winston are both above him right now. And the only reason I mention those guys is because of how little they've played this season. C.J. Beathard also above him. That completion percentage is 68, 13th. And he has dealt with a team sporting the second highest wide receiver drop rate in the NFL. So that's actually pretty impressive if you really look at it. His yards per attempt is 27th in the NFL at 6.88 yards per throw. And then 172 yards per game. That's 33rd in the NFL. There are only 32 teams in the NFL. So that's not a positive statistic. He's missed some throws. He's been accurate at times. 
He's underthrown some guys. My sense is that the patience is beginning to wear thin with the fan base, maybe not, though, with the team itself. Jim, how do you feel right now about the performance of the quarterback spot so far this season for the Titans with everything factored in? I mean, I, and I'm going to probably answer the same way on a lot, of, a lot of these because I think when you're three and four, and especially when you're ranked 30th in the NFL in, in offense, you can't get a passing grade. I mean, so if you're asking me to grade some of these right out of the gate, I'd say Marcus Mariota's a D, D plus. And, and I'm going to answer the same way on a lot of these guys. He had a great game against Philadelphia, uh, you know, and closed that game with a clutch drive, made a great drive at the end of the Chargers game. But an incomplete performance against Miami when he goes out, didn't play at all against Houston, a gut check performance against Jacksonville coming off the bench in relief of Blaine Gabbert. But then a, a Complete uh, bad game from the entire team against Buffalo. A goose egg against Baltimore. It's not his fault he got sacked 11 times, right. but he was a part of it. And then right. again, had a nice drive against the Chargers. So um, three touchdowns, five interceptions. Um, he's had his moments and had some not-so-great moments as well. So if we're grading, I say D+. plus. Okay, one other stat, Mark, and then I'll get your thoughts, and that is the three touchdowns is 34th in the NFL. If you want to contextualize just how – you that is Jimmy Garoppolo has five <laughs> okay I mean it's Jimmy Jim hit it right on the head I mean it's it's tough to give a passing grade and you can dress it up any different way he has some moments uh, the pulse goes up and down uh, you see him you see him making great plays that you that his stock rises but I think as a whole it's been a it's been a disappointing performance uh, from Marcus and when when Blaine was in there as well uh, obviously a lot of moving parts and a lot of variables that go into that but I think it's got to be better. When you throw out the numbers, uh, it's kind of eye-opening. And when you're very, very close to the bottom in all those numbers, you can't get a passing grade. And, and I think if he was sitting on this set, he would say that he needs more from his play as well. And uh, is the frustration mounting? Yes. I mean, I, I think that it, you're hearing some chatter behind the scenes. But at the same point, uh, you know, once in, in week four, we were all stoked and we were all you know, excited. I think winning cures everything. But I'd say... Definitely not passing. I'm in the D range as well for Marcus as we stand today. Maybe I'm being a little nicer. I had C- written down, and I think that's because of the O-line injuries, the loss of Delaney Walker, which wasn't expected at the beginning of the season, the ulnar nerve, just a lot of moving parts, and a new coordinator and another new scheme for Marcus. So I'm giving him a little below average, certainly. I'm going to give a couple of more stats here. We'll get to our first break. We'll come back, and then we'll look at the rest of the offense. I see a couple of calls in as well. 615-737-1045. Offensive rank for the Titans, 30th in the league. 280 yards per game, 15 points per game. They've scored 106 total points. Only the Buffalo Bills is 81, which is just, I don't even know what to say about 81 points. They're the only one worse. Two special teams touchdowns as well, though. Yes, that's right. Third down, 37 of 97. That's 38.1%, which is good for 21st in the league. They're 28th in total first downs. They are tied for second best in the NFL with just 34 penalties on the offensive side of the ball. Only New England has been better in that category. So that's a, that's a tip of the cap. So we'll talk about the ground game coming up. We'll talk about the receiving core. We'll talk about pass and run protection. All of that as we continue to kind of look at the state of the Titans seven games into the 2018 season. We'll be right back. Monday Night Titans presented by Geico here on 104.5 The Zone. Welcome back. 
Monday Night Titans, presented by Geico, part of the Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone. Little Ryan Adams for you here on a Monday night here on The Zone. I'm Jason Martin, Mark Mariani, Jim Wyatt with me. Our telephone number is 615-737-1045. Kind of giving you a progress report tonight. Giving you letter grades on all the various positions, all the various scenarios for the Titans seven games in with Monday Night Football looming seven days from today, which of course means we will not have a show because... I guess we'll hand it to Mike Keith and those guys to actually call the game. I know that that's a problem for all of you out there, but you'll just have to deal with one day. Plus, I think Jim actually has responsibilities that night, <laughs> unlike Mark and I, who will just be watching the game. Post but, it up. Yeah, exactly. So we, we, we went with the quarterback, and I'm stunned that I was the most lenient. I thought I would be the toughest grader with the red pen out, but you guys both went with D, and I went with C- minus just with some of the other factors surrounding it. But... No question it's got to be better than it's been. Now we get even uglier when we talk about the ground game. Along with the receivers and probably Malcolm Butler, this has been the biggest talking point for the callers so far this season. Mainly Derrick Henry being ineffective, being inconsistent. So let me drop a few numbers on you, and I'm going to do that each time, and then you guys are actually going to contextualize those. Deion Lewis is 37th in the league in yards with 277, and Derrick Henry is 39th with 273. They're averaging 3.8 and 3.3 yards per tote, respectively. They've got a combined two touchdowns. They're each averaging 39 yards a game on the ground. Derrick Henry has 12 more rushing yards this season than Blake Bortles does for the Jacksonville Jaguars, but Bortles is averaging over three yards more per carry, he meaning Bortles, pronounced pal. Derek is 22nd in the NFL in attempts. Deion Lewis is 32nd, just below Carryon Johnson, which the re- reason I mention that is just because why in the world is Carryon Johnson not getting a whole lot more carries in, in Detroit based on what he's doing? But the run game just hadn't been there. The O-lines dealt with injuries to both tackles, to guards. They lost Delaney Walker. Neither Henry or Lewis are going to be confused with DeMarco Murray in protection. But this is a spot where the team just has to figure something out. I'll give my letter grade first here, and this has got to be in the D level. There's just not any other way. I'm going D, yep, and I'm, uh, I'm basing that obviously on uh, what both those running backs are doing, what the offensive line has done to create holes for them. You know, Marcus Mariota has contributed in the, past, in, in the run game as well with 185 rushing yards, but this team has just not consistently been able to establish a run game. We've seen moments. I thought Deion Lewis played really well against the Chargers. Yes. Uh, we've had some other games where we, there have been moments of production. But uh, And I hear a lot, well, uh, Derrick Henry needs more carries, or this team needs to play with a lead. Uh, but the, some of the reasons why you can't get him more carries is because the team's falling behind because of some ineffectiveness early trying to establish the run. So I'm sticking with a D, and uh, I do think there is potential for things to improve because I don't think Derrick Henry's forgotten how to run the football. Right. Uh, and and I, again, I like what I've seen from Deion Lewis, but it just ha- this is one of the f- factors. People ask me what has to go right if this team's going to be a contender, and I, my number one thing is it has to be able to run the football. Yeah, I echo that. I think it's such a pivotal part of our game plan, and especially the way this team's built around that O-line with Marcus's legs, also with these two running backs. It's a hard thing to grade and just say the run game. So I'm going to give it you know, a D or a D-plus as well. I'll say D-plus, uh, but I'll break it down a little bit because I think Deion Lewis has been running the ball uh, at least a little bit more aggressively, and, he, and he's been showing uh, the signs of, of, of being able to get the job done. I don't think... 
Uh, Jim has it right. I don't think it's going to be anybody's going to get 30 touches a game for this team. But uh, I made the statement last week, and I'm going to stick to it right here, is that <clears throat> Derrick Henry, to me, has been the biggest disappointment in the run game. I mean, I think the way he's been running the ball has not been to the level that we would expect from such a stud and such a you know, Heisman caliber guy. And uh, I think he, there's more in the tank. And I thought I saw that last week. And I'm going to say it again, and I said it last week. He will average more than five yards of carry for the rest of the season. And I believe that because I think that we're going to start running the ball downhill our whole overall grade, O-line, running backs, everything is a D or a D plus. The bright spot in that has been a C, C grade for uh, Deion Lewis and a F plus for our, boy, <laughs> for our boy D. Henry. But I think that's about to change. I believe that in my heart, and I think that that's going to show a huge difference when you can get the ball and it's second and six or second and five instead of second and 12. It'll be a whole different offense, and, I, and that's what I think is going to happen in the second half of this season. All right, so since you mentioned the offensive line, we'll get to the receivers next. But let's talk about the offensive line and the protection, both for passing and running. Injuries have made it really tough to grade this spot, but there's no question it's been inconsistent at best. The Ravens game can't be ignored, but I also think you can't over-exaggerate it either. It was one game, and it was one really, really bad game, but again, it was one game. At times, this unit has looked pretty good, and I would have to say that Marcus has also faced a share of pressure over the last three games, the feisty Bills rush, the Ravens, of course. They played much better against the Chargers in that one-point loss. But when you look at how bad the running game is, as we just talked about, some of that blame does have to fall on one guy that's being paid a whole lot of money and just a lot of guys up front that have been a little bit shaky at times. Yeah, and this is about how it's great so far. It's a C minus. It's not. It's not uh, a, a passing. It is a passing grade, I guess, but certainly below you average. Be, you wouldn't be thrilled with it as a father. No, no question. But and I factor in. Uh, uh, although my dad had to deal with a lot of C minuses when he looked at my report card, and he was sometimes he was happy to see those. Uh, but twenty you ninth know, in the league in sacks per play. Uh, the eleven sack game against the Ravens inexcusable uh, and the fact that this team is 26th uh, in the league in rushing average and 19th overall in rushing yards per game certainly the offensive line contributes to that uh, I will say this I mean I think you have to look at guys like Tyler Merritt stepping up Corey Levin stepping up you know the fact that this team was without Dennis Kelly for a while and you had to really go into your depth so many moving pieces on the offensive line. I think you have to give some guys credit for stepping in and playing well. Team has been w without Taylor Wan for a, for a while. Jack Conklin working his way back. Took him a while to kind of get up to speed. He's still not there yet. So I think a lot of factors go in. As a grade, against C-. minus. I do think this is the part of the team that has the biggest potential to improve as these guys work together and uh, develop even more chemistry by playing beside one another. Mark, the talent seems to be there, but the performance has definitely been in that C level, I would say. Well, and I'm not even going to be as generous as Jim on this Yikes. one. I'm going to stay in the D range for, for me. And Mark, you're so positive, yes, and then I know. tonight it's just D, no, D, here's D, 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 And here, here's the reason, is because this is the group on the Tennessee Titans that I have the most faith in and the most potential and the most is is the biggest factor of us winning football games. This this unit, these five guys, and and and, and factor in injuries, factor in uh, all those things. Uh, Jack Jack Conklin coming back obviously hurts him. And it's not maybe a D for performance. It's a D because I'm just feeling like there's more in there. I want more. I want to see more from this group because I know 
that with this, these five guys up front, these guys can carry us, man. They can carry us if Marcus is having a struggle. They can carry us if the pass game isn't working. We run the ball. If the run game's not working, these guys can pass protect. This is the unit that down the stretch has got to come together if we're going to have any hopes in winning this division. D-grade just because I want to see more. These are, these are my favorite guys. These are the hogs. I think they can get the job done better. You know, that makes a lot of sense. It's like, look, you expect more from them. It's the same thing as, look, you're going to give LeBron James a much harder grade for the same performance that a middling level guy coming off the bench gets because you expect so much more from LeBron James. Well, going into week exactly. Well, going into week one, if you would have said the strength of this football team and what we're going to rally around and the most consistent play we're going to see, it would have been, been an easy answer that you thought the old line was going to be that, at least for me. And so that, we haven't seen that, and that's why going down the second half, I want to see more of that. Now, that makes good sense. Let's see if we can take a phone call. I'm not sure if I've got my uh, software working to where I can, but if you guys are in the studio, let's see if we can get to Nick in Portland's phone call. Uh, I believe he is on line three. Uh, what's up, fellas? Hey, Nick. Uh, first of all, I'm, I'm giving him an F. I'm sorry, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be hard on some folks. Look, man, I, I'm a dialysis nurse. Look, if I don't do my job, if I'm not awake and I do my job, somebody's going to get hurt. Okay, these dudes get paid a lot more money than you guys or me, okay, to do their job. And they've been playing football since they've been Kiwi League. Okay, now Derrick Henry, first of all, he's a big guy. Now that offensive line can't even open up a line for an eight-year-old kid to get through. So don't be so hard on him. If they would open up some some, some holes, he'd get through it. And, and we might see him get on the edge. The receivers, they stink. We need to get some receivers for our quarterback, who is wishy-washy. But he's scared, man. He's playing like Jake Locker used to. He's running scared. That's all I got to say, man. I'll hang up and let y'all listen, man. All right, Nick. Nick's just dishing it, out Fs all over the place. Was his F for the entire team? or I don't know if he was specific to a position grab. I think he just across the board. Yeah, we, yeah. we didn't grade the whole team. <laughs> yeah, we haven't, gotten, we haven't, gotten, there. We haven't gotten there. Everybody yeah. gets an F individually and as a group from Nick. <laughs> <laughs> There's no coming back from that. We appreciate the call, Nick. Thank you. Yeah, that was, that was definitely fiery. 615-737-1045. Nick. That was even more negative. That was that wasn't Nick Williams calling in, taking out the first base, <laughs> was that? You know what? Maybe it might so. have been. Yeah. If so, he was probably giving himself an F too, especially <laughs> for that one touchdown he dropped. We'll be right back. Monday Night Titans progress report. Where are we at three and four here on one zero four five the zone? Monday Night Titans presented by Geico here on 104.5 The Zone. Little Spoon, don't make me a target. I guess that last caller, Nick, made the Titans a target, at least except for Derrick Henry, and we were joking during the break. Pretty sure we know where his college allegiance lies. <laughs> you, can oh, always, you can always spot him. Hashtag RTR. That is uh, Jim Wyatt laughing and Mark Mariani making a bad <laughs> accent to try and make fun of people in Tuscaloosa. We're having fun doing Well, we're having sort of fun doing kind of a progress report. On the state of the Titans, they're three and four on the bye week. Dallas is up next. A trip to Jerry World under the lights next week on Monday Night Football. Full coverage, of course, right here on 104.5 The Zone next Monday night. So let's talk about the receiving core. This isn't particularly great either. Corey Davis is 41st in the NFL in yards. That's the first Titan on the list. He's got 30 catches for 395 yards, 56 targets, seven catches for 20 plus. 
He's averaging 56 yards a game, 13 yards a catch. Has one for 51 that really helps that average. Has just the one touchdown, even though the one touchdown was a pretty big one for the Titans to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. 56 targets is tied for 30th in the NFL with guys like Demarius Thomas, who may be on his way to New England, Dante Moncrief, who the Jags overpaid for, and Keenan Allen, who's just, there's a lot of talent for the L.A. Chargers, so he doesn't get as many looks as he would because he's a total stud. Drop rate above 6% on the season, sits second highest in the league. Titans fans basically sit there and cross their fingers. It's not going to bounce off a Tennessee player's hands or off his jersey softly to the turf every time it comes out of his hands. Taewon, Janu, Nick Williams, Darius Jennings, Corey Davis, all of them have had drops. In the few weeks prior to the bye, it started to look like Tajay Sharp began to emerge a little bit as maybe the most reliable guy in this offense, especially because Marcus likes to throw it over the middle, and 19 seems to be the guy residing at that place on the field. We will go to our receiver first and get Mark Mariani's letter grade here. Yeah, this is, you know, I think the biggest word in this room is consistency, and you hit it on the head. It's, it's you don't know what's going to happen week to week, and we need more. We sat here on set, one, uh, you know, week three or four and said, yeah, I want to see someone in this room say, throw me the ball. I want to see an attitude that is just go out there and nobody can beat me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, one-on-one, I'm going to make the play every time. I need some of that. And, and then you earn that trust and earn that faith, faith with Marcus, and just like you hit on, I think Tajay Sharp slowly will, will, has be, been becoming that guy in the last couple of weeks, but I think you've got to move the ball, and you've got to do it with Corey Davis, who's your number one guy. He's got to step up. My overall grade here, staying in the, <laughs> staying in the Ds, man. D+, plus, too many drops, uh, too much inconsistency, too many uh, small things that I've seen on film where you don't run a route 100%, you slip out of your break, all these things that throws timing off. Uh, way, way too much potential, especially with those top three guys in that receiving room. Another position that I hope is trending upward, uh, but, but, you know, it's like as soon as Tajay starts making plays, then you see Taewon and Corey have big drops uh, against the Chargers. So you never know what to think, and that is why these guys still need a tutor in the D range. Yikes. I, I think D's fair. So I, do I. my third, uh, third D of the day, and, uh, and, and it's all about inconsistent inconsistency. I mean, Corey Davis makes a, has a great game against the Eagles, goes up and makes a game-winning catch. Tajay Sharp, great game last week against the Chargers, but we've seen too many drops. Uh, we've seen miscommunication. Some of that's obviously, it takes two there. Uh, just because Nick Williams left the team doesn't mean he fact, doesn't factor in the grade, grading at this position. He dropped a touchdown pass, which might have cost his team a game. Uh, I'm, I'm factoring in. Are we having a separate category for tight ends, or are we, uh, I think are we, we kind including of include, that? We can okay. kind of include them here. So, so obviously, it's a big loss to have Delaney Walker not a part of this team, and a guy who took his place, John Drew Smith, has been relied on to block more, but he dropped a big pass himself, and uh, and they need more there. So I don't know how you could give them higher than a D. I don't want to put it all on the receivers because it's certainly the offense has been a, a struggled across the board, but this group has been underwhelming for the most part and uh, needs to grow up in a hurry. These guys are all young. I mean, all those guys we just mentioned, all second-year players. So you, I knew that there would be some be some bumps in the road and uh, just have not got over the hump yet. I feel like, as a whole, the offense has to be a D. There's, there's really nowhere else you can be, except if you're Nick, who called us in, and I would assume he's probably in the F. <laughs> he's probably the still F- hot minus. enough that we gave him a D. 
<laughs> but, probably in the F minus range, but the offensive line is the only thing that may keep these guys in the D range, really. If the offensive line had been worse this year, I, I shudder to think how bad the offense would be because they're 30th, even with the offensive line at times playing pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you start giving out Fs is if you're looking at an 0-7 team at right, this point. I mean, this team is 3-4 and four and 2 points away. I mean, lost 2 games by 1 point from that's, being 5-2. and That's two. the thing. Nobody's blowing this team out. Yeah. Like This team is in every one of these yeah. games. The defense is not giving up a ton of points. The defense has been good, and that's, that's where we go now. The defensive numbers as a whole, they're 7th in yards. Yards can be sort of a misnomer. They've given up 127 points this season. That's an average of 18.1 per. That's not bad. Five interceptions. You want more than that. They're 19. They force five fumbles. That's a tie in 21st in the league. 15 sacks is not very good. 27th in the league. And then this is a stat that, that I think can just apply overall. They're 19th in the NFL in give and take. They're minus one. Seven to the good, eight to the bad because of the interceptions and because of the just the futility on offense, teams that win, their plus-minus is a lot better than that. So you want to see more from the defense when it comes to interceptions and getting the ball back. But let's talk about the pass rush and the quarterback pressure first. 15 team sacks this season, 27th in the league. Jarrell Casey has played very well. We've seen some flashes from Landry, some flashes from Correa, some stuff from Derek Morgan. I would say one guy that we have not called his name very often, and I don't know that we've even mentioned his name once this season on this show, is Brian Arakpo. He's a veteran, and he's really good. He just hasn't done a whole lot that has been noteworthy. He's not a detriment out there, but he's just kind of been there. Where are you, when, Jim, when you look at the pass rush and, and how they've pressured quarterbacks? I mean, I'd have to say if we're talking about pass rush and not necessarily position, I'd say it has to be a D. I mean, <laughs> they've, they've generated – some pressure, and, and they've done it by uh, sending extra guys. I mean, Jaron Brown with three sacks, you know, Jarrell with 3.5 up front, but you've had to use other guys on the defense to generate pressure. And, there, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, DPs, that's kind of how he runs the defense. Right. We knew he would be aggressive at points. But his team's got to get more production uh, at outside backer. And if you're able to do that, then maybe you don't have to blitz as much. Maybe you are better in coverage. Maybe you don't give up some of the deep balls that we've seen happen this year. So uh, I, I think I need to see more. We've seen other teams do it to the Titans. And uh, uh, I, I, I say D as far as pass rush goes. I think the big play has hurt the defensive unit all year, <clears throat> starting in Miami, uh, and then highlighted last week against the Chargers. The big play continues to cripple us. But I th I'm actually, as an overall unit, I'm going to give him a B-. minus. Yeah, and here's the reason why. Well, Rick Flair action I, right I there. Think, I didn't even plan for that. These guys have kept us in games. They've been put in some crappy situations with turnovers. Uh, I think they've been relied upon. They've, they've been relied upon more than they should be there. So, you know, we'll have a time of possession game in the 40 to 20 range at where we're on the bad side of that where these guys are on the field the whole game so there's a lot of variables that go into this but in the in general generally speaking i think they're making teams earn every single yard minus those big plays is the one 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 bad uh thing i have to say and then not forcing enough turnovers other than that i i think these guys have, this unit keeps us in every game especially our defensive line our defensive line gets after people and it makes them hard they push people around they stuff the holes and i think that with this defense Playing at an elite level, we can beat anybody on any given Sunday. Looking at the linebackers, as Jim sort of mentioned, 
And you can even you can include the secondary here as well. The Titans' leading tackler seven games into the season is Jayon Brown. Yeah, he's got forty-seven, tied for forty-second among all defensive players in the league. Wesley Woodyard is second with thirty-seven. He's 89th, but you have to recall he missed some time. I would say, along with Jarrell Casey, Woodyard may have been the most consistent defensive player on the Titans team this year. They've stopped the run decently at times and good at other times. They're right in the middle of the league at 15th in yards given up on the ground. 18th in yards per rush given up at 112.3 for the game. I told you a few weeks ago on this show, the past two years to run defense under LeBeau was really good. They were top five both years, only giving up 88 per contest. It's better than when we talked about it when it was like 128, but they're still giving about 25 more rushing yards up a game than last season. And then you look at the secondary, we already talked about, they aren't picking it off a lot, Jim. They've got the five interceptions. Butler has been a major topic. I think Adoree has played awfully well. You've seen him take some strides. Byard hasn't had as flashy a season, but he's still doing some good things. So how do you feel about that side? Yeah, I mean, I, and, and, and my grade earlier on the, uh, the D was more designed for the pass rush, and I just feel like needs, more needs to come there. If I had to give an over a Gary for the defense, yeah, I think I'd be more in the B, B-minus category. Cause this They've team been pretty is, good. Yeah, been ranked 11th overall. I, I really like uh, what the inside backers have, do, have been doing. Wesley Woodard obviously has missed a couple of games, but – Jalen Brown to have 54, 54 tackles, three sacks. Woodyard still to be 40 tackle, one sack. This fight missed a couple of games. I think those guys have been, have been solid, and I think Rashawn Evans has shown improvement. Outside backers is where you need to get more production. The back end, too many big plays allowed. I mean, and if you don't have those big plays against the Chargers, if you don't have some of the big plays that, that certainly Malcolm Butler has given up, this is a top, probably a top five, six defense uh, as far as total yards go. But, Problem is, you can't take those plays away. I mean, they, they've been happening. They've got to keep them from happening moving forward. Uh, I do think there have been some bright spots, and I think this group can settle down. But pass rush needs to improve, and uh, and 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 the stat on the the giveaway takeaway is one that needs to improve as well. I mean, they're only giving up 18 points a game, Mark. I mean, you should be able to win if you're only giving up 18 points. Problem is, is the offense, which we've already talked about. Yeah, and, and for me, the de- the problem on the defense is the back end, and, and we have seen Adoree make strides, uh, but I think both corner positions and and Bacaro gets hurt early. Um, I, I think I, I want to see more from the secondary. I think we need, you know, to, we're giving up way too many third and longs. Uh, Coach Pease talked about that, you know, a few weeks back. We've given up way too many big plays, uh, and I just think. If we can lock in on the outside a little bit better, and, and see, I'm not a big Malcolm Butler hater. I, I've seen this guy be, compete, compete for years and years and years. I think that he gets the top, top receiver, the top you know, assignment every week, and so he's been getting beat a little bit, and it, it shows up. The thing about when you're out on an island at a corner, when someone makes a play on you, you're, you're the guy in the highlight that everyone's watching, and so automatically everyone thinks it's your fault. But I think if we can lock down some of the secondary and give those guys up front a little more time to rush, I think things will more, be more in our favor. I like the front seven in the B-plus B range and then the back end in the, in the C-minus, D-plus range, to be honest with you. Yeah, the defense, the defense has played well, so I knew that we were going to have better grades here. When we come back for the final segment, we'll look at the strength of schedule remaining for the Titans. We'll kind of rapid fire through where we believe the AFC South is, what it's going to take to make the playoffs, and we will preview Dallas and maybe get to a couple of your phone calls. That's a lot in 10 minutes, but we'll do what we can. It's Monday Night Titans presented by Geico on 104.5 The Zone.
Final segment, Monday Night Titans, presented by Geico, part of the Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone. I'm Jason Martin, Titans Online Senior Editor and Writer Jim Wyatt at J. Wyatt Sports. You can follow him on Twitter, former Titans Pro Bowler Mark Mariani at Mark Mariani 80 You can follow him there. If you got time, you can follow me at J. Mart Zone. 615-737-1045. We've got a lot of calls, and we will see if we can get to any of those, but there are things also that we need to get to. So let's look at the schedule for the remainder of the season for the Tennessee Titans. It's at Dallas on Monday Night Football next week. Six days later, uh, the Patriots come to town. Then you go on the road for two more in division at Indy, at Houston. Two home games opening December, Rashard Matthews and the Jets. Then the crumbling Jaguars. A road trip to New York to play the one-win Giants. Home versus the NFC East division leading, but I would say not particularly impressive Washington Redskins. And then a home game against Andrew Luck and the Colts to end the season. So momentum's likely going to factor into things, which is why I think the Dallas game is so big. Jim, if you face Tom Brady at 4-4 four and four rather than 3-5, and five, to me, that feels like a major difference. If you go out of that New England game and you're 3-6, and six, you might have to run the table to make the playoffs, especially if Houston's going to keep up this and their schedule's really easy for the rest of the year. Maybe you can lose one more, but I don't look at this Titans team and say, this strikes me as a squad that's going to go 6-1 and one to finish the year. Yeah, and I've always looked at the schedule from the very beginning, and it's kind of played out like I, I thought it would, even though Jacksonville's been worse than I thought they would be. No doubt. I, I've always thought if you could just get to the last five games uh, and have a chance, you could, you could make a run. I mean, you, you've got a favorable schedule at home. You've got some teams that you uh, probably could be favored against. The question is, is can this team get to that point and still be alive? Because, and, this, and that's where this game is huge against Dallas. Uh, I always thought that Jacksonville would be the team uh, that this team would be in a, in a race with to the finish. And now that it looks like it's Houston, you can't help but look at their schedule. Jacksonville always thought, okay, if it's Jacksonville, they've got the first-place schedule. They've got some tough games coming up. You look at Houston, they have m- much more favorable matchups down the stretch. So the Titans have got to find a way to stay relevant going into December. And that game at Houston is going to be huge because that's a swing game, obviously. You, yeah. know, you knock them back. But you got to get to there first, and uh, and to do that, you got to find a way to win this game on Monday night. Five in a row, the Texans have won. Three in a row, the Titans have lost. The Jaguars look like they're falling apart at the seams. First with Bortles and the scapegoat stuff. Then you got four guys getting arrested in London. The defense is talking, and they're not stopping anybody. They look like they are. They may have been a one-year wonder in some respects. And the Colts are Andrew Luck, and that's basically it and some of the skill spots. So it's still sort of wide open, but what do you feel right now about the AFC South, Mark? Here's my prediction, and I think it has to do with the Tennessee Titans. The schedule is what it is. There's nothing you can change about that. But here's what I think you're going to see in the second half of the season for us. We just added Justin Fowler today, right? Nudie, he was my teammate in 2016. What does he give you? He's an old-school, hard-nosed fullback. So they're going to make a commitment to the run game, and here's what I believe. I believe you're going to see a new off, a different offense in the next few weeks. And this is why. When you have an effective run game, when you can get into second and six, third and one consistently, it opens up a whole different thing for, for, the coach, for the offensive coaches to spread the field, use your weapons, and get the job done. Do we have a favorable set schedule down the stretch? Absolutely. But there's also the, a respect factor that teams see us on the schedule. And they think they're going to come in and beat us. So there's no gimmies out there. But I think 
with a, with a little bit more commitment and an effective run game, which is what I'm predicting in the next few weeks, we'll be in contention down the stretch. And if we can get to the fourth quarter, which is the last four games, it looks very favor- favorable for us. But it starts up front on the offensive line and with those running backs. Obviously, Jim does a fantastic job at TitansOnline.com. One thing that I saw that you wrote, I guess it was either today, maybe it was yesterday, is I think it was in the mailbag. Somebody asked you about, does this team need to make a move? You know, who is out there to pick up? And you said you thought that John Robinson might have been looking at Amari Cooper, but that the price was too high. He wasn't willing to pay what Dallas ended up paying, obviously, with that first-round draft pick. Jim, who else could be out there? Is there an answer to this question, or do you feel like Tennessee's probably more likely to ride with who they've got right now? Yeah, I mean, with John Robinson, you never know. Mike Vrabel was asked today. He deferred John Robinson. He kind of said, hey, I'll find out kind of what yeah. everybody else does, and I'll coach up the guy, and, and can he be effective for this team early? That's my big question always, especially at receivers. tough to land somewhere, hit the ground running, and be productive. I mean, I hate to keep bringing up Randy Moss when I answer this question because there were a lot of other factors involved when he came in and why he wasn't more of a part of the offense. There were a lot of things going on behind the scenes. Unfortunately, that's the year Mike Comerdinger was sick. He wasn't able to be around. Dow Loggins stepped in. And so Randy Moss just kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit. But I've seen it across the league. I've seen it here where guys come in, and it's hard to expect them to be a feature part of the offense there's some guys out there but you know the thing about the trading deadline is you never know who is out there because there's some stuff's going on behind the scenes is john robinson working the phones i think he probably is is he a little bit reluctant to give up draft picks i think he probably is they've already given up a six-round pick to get correa so um Nothing he does surprises me but i, I certainly think there's a scenario where this team if this team's gonna gonna make the playoffs it's gonna be with the guys on the roster right now just a couple of minutes left. Let's talk about Dallas. Their offense is on the upswing, Mark, but they were really bad early. They're 29th currently in yards, averaging five more points a game than the Titans, and they've scored 36 more this season. They're 30th in passing, 8th in rushing, though, because of Zeke and Dak. Five fumbles is third in the league in the wrong direction. They've lost two of them. Defensively, Sean Lee's back. They're good on defense. They've been 8th in pass, 7th in run. Which two interceptions on the season. That's near the bottom of the league. They're first in yards allowed, though, only 17.6 points per game. The offense seems to be coming around just a little bit. Linehan and Jason Garrett finally figured out, let's start motioning some guys pre-snap. They're getting Cole Beasley the football more often. Zeke is getting a lot of carries, and now here comes Amari Cooper. It was a high price for them to pay, but if it works out, it may be enough to get them into the playoffs, even if they were just to have him for one year. Tennessee is not used to the attention of being under the lights the way Dallas is. They're both three and four football teams. How big do you think this game is in our like minute or so that we have left? And how do you feel like this is going to go? I think this game is absolutely massive to start the second half of the season. And even though we're not quite there yet, but Dallas is Dallas can get hot. You don't want to see Dak Prescott get hot at all. But you know what you got to do to beat the Cowboys, especially on defense. You got to stop Zeke. That's that's what you got to do. This team will come out and try to run the ball. It's going to be a hard nosed grinder. I can't wait. It's going to be strength versus strength. And uh, you know, big big win for the Titans to start it out. And uh, we'll see next Monday night. Funny, guys, I thought we weren't going to have enough to talk about tonight. We got calls. Sorry we didn't get to you. There was just a whole lot more content than we thought there always is. This is Monday Night Titans. We're here at Martins. We won't be here next week because of Monday Night Football. Boy, did the Titans need that victory in Dallas. Full coverage here on 104.5 The Zone. We'll preview it across the board on all the shows this week on the radio station. 
And we will talk to you on Monday Night Titans two weeks from tonight, right back here at Martin's Live on 4th and Broadway. We send you to Big Orange Hotline next. Good night. God bless.